Thank you, my friend and my brother. It's so good to know you and to be in this house. So I will speak partly in Dutch and partly in English. Is that okay? Yes. So wie verstaat goed Nederlands? Yes. Wie verstaat helemaal geen Nederlands? Who doesn't speak Dutch? Okay, just a few. So I will speak in Dutch and sometimes I will translate myself in English. En het is geweldig om bij jullie te zijn in dit huis. Ik hou zoveel van jullie. I love you so much. <laughs> I love your pastors, your apostolic pastors. John and Grace, First Lady. Yeah, so give it up for Grace. Give it up for your First Lady. So my First Lady is at home, but I brought two First Ladies for my family. <laughs> yes, Merle and Lente. So Lente, her name means spring, and Merle is from Merel. It's a, it's a bird, a songbird. So one time, Gea and me, my wife and me, we were walking down the street and we heard a bird singing. And we thought, what a beautiful bird. Prachtige vogel. So there was someone with a, a verrekijker. <laughs> and I thought, well, he has such a thing, so maybe he knows something about birds. So I asked him, what kind of bird is it? And I thought, maybe a very rare bird. And then he said, well, that's a merel. <laughs> One of the most common birds in, the, in Holland. But with a beautiful voice. And that's when we decided to call our first daughter Merle. Merel. Yes. <laughs> And she said to me, all the girls are so beautiful here. And that's true, isn't it? But I reckon my daughters also to be very beautiful. Yes. Okay, I will teach you something. I will say something about principles of, of revival. So, principles van opwekking. Dat is waar ik over wil spreken. And I think a church that can bow their, their knees. People who can bow their knees. Als wij onze knieën buigen voor Jezus, zal de wereld zijn knieën gaan buigen voor God. So, someone, someone once said... The world bows to a man that bends his knees in prayer. When a church bends, the world bows. I think that's a very important principle of revival. When the church bends its knees, the world will bow before Christ. And his name will be revealed in society. His name will be proclaimed on the streets. Met kerst op de dam straks. Als wij de naam van Jezus gaan uitroepen over de straten, zal de wereld de naam van Jezus gaan overnemen. The world will speak the name of Jesus when we bow our knees before Christ. A very important principle of revival. And I will talk about seven principles. And I will. So by talking about the principles, I will proclaim the name of Jesus. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross, Paul says. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. Everyone says, above every name. Above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. Of those in heaven and those on earth and those in Amsterdam and those in Rotterdam and the, those on Dump Square and here at Q Factory. Even the people behind the reception. And they will bow in the hotel. Here around us. They will bow their knees before Christ. Did you hear the fire alarm during the worship? Two times I heard the fire alarm. Toch? Brand alarm. So I think there are many churches in Holland and there will never be a fire alarm because whew, there is <laughs> there's only smoke but no fire. <laughs> but when a church bows its knees before Jesus and when we proclaim the name of Jesus there will be fire alarms in the church. Amen. There will be fire alarms in the church. I think in many churches there will be no revival. Because it's forbidden to have fire in the churches. You know that there are brandvoorschriften van de, van de brandweer. There's no fire. 
But when we proclaim the name of Jesus, there will be fire alarms in the church. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven, of those on earth, those under the earth, even under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of who? To the glory of God the Father. So seven principles of revival. When the church bends, the world bows. So at first I want to say something to the church. So ik ben zo trots op deze kerk. I'm so proud of this church. En overal waar ik kom in Nederland vertel ik over wat er hier gebeurt in Amsterdam City Church en in Harbour City Church. En het was een voorrecht. Het was such an honor to work together at the Safe Crusade. Together with my friends, John, your pastors, John and Grace and the whole team. And we traveled through Holland. First I think we did The Hague and then Amsterdam and Utrecht and Rotterdam and at Utrecht, Utrecht, there was so much rain on the streets. And we went to the station, to the city station, to uh, Hoogkaterijne, the, the, the shopping mall. And we preached the gospel. And I think we, so hundreds of people got to know Jesus. So some of them, they, they threw away their cigarettes and their, 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 their beverage and their beer. And it was an amazing time. It was during Pentecost. And I think the time will come again that we as a united church in Holland, white people like me and all the other people, that together we will proclaim the name of Jesus on the streets. Shout Jesus from the mountains. Shout Jesus from the streets. From every corner so that families will be renewed. So that people will be free in the name of Jesus. And I know you were very tired, all of you, afterwards, isn't it? <laughs> Four days of proclaiming the name of Jesus on the street. Oh, we were so tired. And I hesitate to ask you again to come with us and to do it together. But I hope we will do it soon together. Maybe during Pentecost. Yeah. Again, I said no to the opwekking, to the, to the big conference in Holland, where thousands of people meet during Pentecost. And I said, no, I won't be there because I have a longing in my heart to go to the streets again on Pentecost. So maybe, Pastor, can, can we agree that we, that we can do it together again? Yes, definitely. We do more. More cities or larger meetings? More nations. Hallelujah, more nations. Yes, and I prophesy there will be, there will be city church from the Church of Pentecost, but this new formula, there's a new formula. There will be more city churches in future, in Paris, in London, in Berlin, even in Berlin. Where the, well, former maybe the Ghanese church, but now the international church will gather around Jesus and more people will join from all kinds of nations, Asian people, Latin people, Europe people, European people from Africa, from all, from all countries in Africa. So there will be no division between separate countries. It's, it's not possible to have division at this time. And that the Church of Pentecost will be an international church, will be a pioneer church in Holland and a pioneer church in Europe and even in other countries, in New York. Why can't there be an international city church from the Church of Pentecost with all kinds of nations in New York? It's possible. Amen? Okay. And the thing I wanted to say to you from the Word of God, 2 Thessalonians first, uh, 1, verse 3 to 4. We always give thanks to God for you. So this is what I do. I always give God thanks for you. Because of you. Because of this church, brothers and sisters. Because your faith is growing abundantly. That's what I see. The faith of Amsterdam City Church is growing abundantly. Amen. Can you hear an amen? amen? Yes. So I'm not an African preacher, but I like to hear amen. <laughs> your faith is growing abundantly. That's your testimony. That's the testimony of this church. And the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. That's also what I see in this church. Mm. Therefore, we ourselves 
me myself, I boast about you in the churches of God for your steadfastness and your faith. That's what I do. I boast for yours. I boast about you in the churches of Holland. I tell them your testimony. I tell them what you do here at Christmas, at Kerst op de Dam, that the Church of Pentecost is there on the Dam. And then the text Paul says in 2 Thessalonians, I boast about you in the churches of God for your steadfastness and your faith in all your persecutions and in the afflictions that you are enduring. Ik geloof dat er een tijd van vervolging gaat komen in de toekomst. There will be a time of persecution. And that's not good news. But still it's good news. Because we have the good news. So when the church gets darker. Or I mean when the world is, is, is becoming darker and darker and darker. The, the, the light of the church is brighter and brighter and brighter. That's what we do. Dus als de, als de wereld donkerder wordt en donkerder wordt. Zal het licht van de kerk... Sterker afsteken tegen de donkere achtergrond. So there was darkness a few minutes ago, isn't it? The light was out. There was no light. En als het donker is, dan is het best wel een beetje scary for some of us. But the church has the light. And behind the background of darkness, the church will shine. The, the, church, the light of the church will shine brighter. So whenever there will be persecution or afflictions. We will not be scared. We zullen niet bang zijn. Want het, het licht van de kerk zal zo sterk gaan schijnen in de toekomst. Mm. Het zal zo sterk gaan schijnen in de toekomst. Father, I thank you for the church. For the light of the church. The light of Jesus through the church. Mm. In Jesus' name. Amen. So that's why I boast about you. Jesus said to him, Luke 9, verse 62. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand on the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. So let's look at the future, at what God can do and will do in the future. Seven principles of revival. So seven principles van opwekking in deze tijd. Ik geloof wanneer we deze principes gaan zien in onze kerk. Dan zal onze kerk niet meer hetzelfde zijn als vroeger. Dan zullen we opwekking gaan zien. We will see revival. Met deze zeven principes. En ik vertel het nu. Omdat wanneer de opwekking gaat komen. De kerk sterk moet zijn en gezond moet zijn. We, we need a healthy church at this time. To bear revival on our shoulders. Because revival is, is good. It's good to be in the time of revival. But it's also hard. Because we have to work hard. Er zal zweet zijn op onze voorhoofd wanneer God revival gaat geven. Want we zullen diensten hebben op maandagavond. En we zullen diensten hebben op dinsdagavond. En op woensdagavond. En op donderdagavond. Thursday and Friday there will be services in this church. And Saturday and Sunday. And we will be tired. But the Holy Ghost will give us the power. The strength. To go on and on and on. But before there will be revival, it's good to build a healthy church. And that's why I will talk about seven principles of revival. What's the first thing we have to do to prepare for revival? And the first thing is persistent prayer. Persistent prayer. Volhardend gebed. There has never been, there has never been revival without prayer. Het is onmogelijk om iets te bereiken in de kerk van Nederland zonder gebed. En weet je wat er het minste gebeurt in de kerk van Nederland? Gebed. Er is geen gebed in de kerk van Nederland en het doet me pijn om het te zeggen. And I know you have prayer warriors here in, in this room. A lot of prayer warriors. She is one of them. You are one of them. Yes. And there are more. So who is a prayer warrior? Yeah, we, we are all. And who is... Let's say it like this. Who is a leader among the prayer warriors? So, so the leaders among the prayer warriors. Can you please, please stand up? So touch your neighbor when your neighbor is one of the leaders among the prayer warriors. Is there only one? Is there only one leader? There are, there are many more. Yes, you are. There are many more. Please stand up. You, you do not boast about yourself. So I want to give an example to the Church of the Netherlands. So here are two leaders among the prayer warriors. Here's another sister. 
Here's another sister, Nana. Adam, Adam Moore, please touch your neighbor when you say, you are an example for me in leading prayer. There's another sister. There are, there are more, there are more. John, who else? Pastor John, who else? <laughs> Leaders, so examples of prayer. Yes, okay. Okay, thank you. Yes. Lord, I pray for all these prayer warriors. Father, ik bid over all deze gebedstrijders in de naam van Jezus. Ik bid heren dat u hun gebed zult vermenigvuldigen in Jezus naam. Ik bid dat ze voort zullen gaan van kracht tot kracht. Ik bid dat ze voort zullen gaan van genade tot genade. Ik bid dat ze een voorbeeld zullen zijn voor de kerk van Nederland. Ik bid vader dat de kerk van Nederland geestelijk op dit moment over hun schouders heen kijkt. Hij zegt, oh heer, leer mij bidden zoals deze prayer warriors. Vader, ik bid voor deze mensen dat zij deze natie in vuur en vlam zullen zetten. Dat het brandalarm zal afgaan wanneer zij bidden tot God. Heren, wanneer ze hun knieën buigen dat, dat het brandalarm van Nederland af zal gaan. Heren, ik bid dat zij, als het gaat om, om opwekking, revival, heren, dat zij voorop zullen gaan in de naam van Jezus. Vader, ik bid, heren, dat zij mensen zullen opleiden hieromheen, heren, om te gaan in Jezus' naam, heren. Om te staan voor de waarheid van God, heren. Om de kerk van Nederland in vuur en vlam te zetten. En ik bid, heren, Prayer warriors op in de naam van Jezus in de kerk van Nederland. Heer, zodat er een time of revival will be. Heer, zodat de revival will come. Vader, ik bid, heren, dat deze mensen voorop zullen gaan en achterop zullen lopen. Heren, dat ze om ons heen zullen zijn, heren. Dat ze zullen zijn als engelen rondom ons, vader. Ik bid dat zij de naam van Jezus zullen hoog houden en groot zullen maken, heren. En ik bid, heren, dat er in de toekomst meerdere mensen op gaan staan. Heren, en ik weet dat het bescheiden mensen zijn, heren. Ik weet dat het bescheiden mensen zijn, heren. Maar dat we gaan opstaan en zeggen, ja, ik loop voorop als het gaat om gebed. Niet om mijn eigen kracht, niet in mijn eigen energie, maar in de naam van Jezus. Jezus, halleluja. Halleluja, amen. Halleluja. God bless all the prayer warriors in the name of Jesus. Halleluja. And the first principle of revival is persistent prayer. Prayer that goes on and on and on. Like Nehemiah, Nehemiah. So he was leader in a city far away from Jerusalem. And there came people to him, brothers of him, and they said, Nehemiah, Nehemiah, the city is on fire. There are fights, there is fire, there are foxes. There are foxes that the stad binnenkomen. And the city is on fire, not for a good reason, but it's unfriendly fire. It's not the fire of God. And the stad was in, in fear and in flam. So there came someone to, there comes someone to Nehemiah too, and he said, Nehemiah, we have you nodig. And what did he do? He prayed. And what did he do after his prayer? He prayed again. And he fasted and he prayed and he fasted and he prayed. For months to come. Maanden achter elkaar ging hij bidden en bidden en vasten en vasten. En weet je hoe hij bad? Ik heb een aantal dingen uit het gebed heb ik opgeschreven. Het eerste wat hij deed, so first I will say it in Dutch. Het eerste wat hij deed was hij aanbad God, hij ging God aanbidden. Het tweede dat hij deed, hij beleed zijn zonde. Het derde dat hij deed, hij herinnerde God aan zijn beloften. Het vierde dat hij deed, hij bekeerde zich voor zijn volk. Het vijfde dat hij deed, hij kwam in beweging. Het zesde dat hij deed is dat hij zegt, toon toch hier barmhartigheid aan uw knecht. En het zevende dat hij deed, hij stelde zichzelf beschikbaar om de verhoring te zijn van zijn eigen gebed. Seven things in prayer. So I wrote them down first, what, what he did. He worshipped the name of, the, of his God most high. The first thing we do is we worship our Lord Jesus when we pray. So you want to become a prayer warrior? The first thing we do is we worship our God most high. That's what we do. The second thing he did, he confessed his sins. Hij beleed zijn zonde. Hij zei, not the government, not my church elders, not the deacons, but it's my sin. Not the mayor of, of Amsterdam, not the artists in the, the artist industry. Well, there is sin, a lot of sin around us. But he said, me and my house. Yeah, we will serve the Lord. But first he said, it's our sin. So we sin before our God. It's our sin. It's not the government. It's not my friends. It's not the people around me. I, it's my sin. 
me and my family. So before he said, we will serve the Lord, he said, well, it's our sin. It's our sin. The second thing, so the first thing is worship the name of Jesus. The second thing is confess your sins. The third thing when you pray and pray and pray, hold on to the promises of God. The third thing, hold on to the promises of God. He said, God, you gave me some promises. And you are true to your promises, isn't it true? Yes, it's true. <laughs> so I hold on to your promises. So he read his Bible and every promise he took. And he said, well, I hold, I hold on to your promises. Because you, oh, everything you say is true. You're not a liar, my God. Everything, everything you say is true. So I hold on to your promises. The third thing, when you pray. Say to God when you pray. So zeg het gewoon heel vrijmoedig. Be bold when you pray to God. God, it's your promise. I didn't make it up. That's what you said. And what you say is true. So I cannot believe your promise, but you, 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 you said it. And you're not a liar. Hold on to the promises of God. The fourth thing, he repented. So there's a difference between confessing your sins and repent. Confessing your sin is that you are honest to God, but repent is that you say for yourself and for the people around you, Lord, we repent. Our, our nation, we repent before you because of the abortion, because of all the things we did, because of all the unhealthy things in our country, in our, in our land. Vanwege de onreinheid die er is in ons land. We are a, a land unclean. Lord, we are a nation in trouble and we repent. I repent before my nation. En ik ga staan voor mijn land en voor mijn natie. En ik bekeer mij van de wegen die wij gegaan zijn. Lord, I repent. So when we, when we pray, persistent prayer, the first principle of revival. Worship the Lord, confess your sins, hold on to the promises of God. Repent, repent. And the fifth thing when it comes to persistent prayer is that you say to the Lord, please show mercy to me, to myself. And also show mercy to yourself. Be merciful to yourself as a prayer warrior. Because there are so many people who pray and who always say, well, I pray and I pray and I pray, but nothing happens. And I pray that many more people will come and pray with me. Weet je, er zijn heel veel gebedsdiensten Waar het eerste dat wij doen is bidden voor alle mensen die er hadden kunnen zijn, maar die er niet zijn. Snap je het of niet? Het eerste gebed is dat wij zeggen, ja heer, er hadden zoveel mensen kunnen zijn, maar ze zijn er helaas niet. Maar dat is niet waar God ons voor roept. Laten we dankbaar zijn voor de mensen die er wel zijn. En laten we hen zegenen in de naam van Jezus. En laten we zeggen, show mercy to ourselves. Because we the prayer warriors, we need some mercy when we pray. Wees Merciful for yourself. En het zesde, wanneer het gaat om gebed. Be available so that God can use you at any time. Be available. That's also part of prayer. That you are available to be the, the verhoring van je eigen gebed. Ja, dus dat als God je gebed verhoort. Dat je available bent, dat je beschikbaar bent om de verhoring te worden van je eigen gebed. Because when you pray, the ground is be so there. There is God. God plows the ground in your heart. He makes it soft while praying, while fasting. He makes the ground soft, so that when the seed is sowed in your in the ground, there will be fruit in your heart. So most of the times, the people who pray are also the people who have to be available to be the what is verhoring. Verhoring van gebed. Om de verhoring te zijn van je eigen gebed. So God hears you. And he uses you. So maybe we can say it together. He hears me. And he will use me. So when I pray, God hears me. And he will use me. Yes, that's, that's prayer. God, you hear me and you will use me. And the seventh thing when it comes to persistent prayer. Move when God asks you to move. Because you can hear the voice of God and He wants to use you, but when we do not move, there will be no kerst on the dam. 
Ja, dus we kunnen zeggen, ja, ik ga bewegen. Ja, Heere God, ik hoor uw stem. En dat we gaan bidden voor kerst op de dam, voor Christmas at Dam Square. And we pray and we pray and we pray. But we can pray and the rest of us is on Dam Square. But, Dam, but, but God says, well, it's good. There are times to pray and there are times to move. So stop praying and start moving. Yes. And it's also part of prayer. It's also part of prayer. So first, worship the name of God most high. Second, confess your sins. Third, hold on to the promises of God. Fourth, repent, repent. Fifth, show mercy to yourself as a prayer warrior. Be merciful to yourself. Sixth thing that Nehemiah showed us. Be available so that God can use you at any time. Seventh, move when God asks you to move. Stop praying when God asks you to move. And let it be a prayer in your heart, well moving. <laughs> okay, the first principle of revival. I wrote down persistent prayer. Persistent prayer. Second principle of revival I wrote down is solid foundation. Because looking back in history, you see that the revival often ends at the level where it began. So when a revival in history, so looking back, when the revival started on the foundation of Wetticisme. You know what it is? Wetticisme, what is it? So the law. Not grace, but the law. So when a revival in history, when it started at a foundation of law and not grace, the revival ended on the, on the same foundation. Looking back in history, that's the lesson we can learn. There have been many revivals in, in history. But it always ends where it began. Only during the times of revival, the, the Spirit of God moved with power. But it's most of the times, unfortunately, it ends where it began. And in between, there have been many souls saved. So, speaking about principles of revival. Before the revival starts, build a strong foundation. And Let it be a foundation of the glory of God. Let it be a foundation of the word of God. Let it be a foundation of the grace of God. Let it be a foundation of the spirit of God. So Joshua, he knew it. Joshua, the servant of Moses. He knew this principle. And there in Exodus 33 verse 11 says, The Lord used to speak to Moses face, to Moses face to face, as a man speaks to his friend. Hallelujah. And when Moses turned again into the camp, his assistant, his servant, Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. And what happened in the tent? He read the word of God. He was there in prayer and he... So there was fellowship with the Holy Spirit in the tent. And he would not depart from the tent. So when it says here, his servant, Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, as if the writer of Exodus would say, he was just a normal guy. He was a normal member of ACC. He was a servant. He was a young man. He was a son of Nun, a son of a normal, normal guy. So if Joshua could do it, ACC can do it. If Joshua can do it, Wim Koon can do it. And Pastor John can do it. And the first lady can do it. We can do it together. Let's do it. So a solid foundation. A solid foundation. It's so important. So when we long for revival, it's so important to start building a strong foundation now, at this moment. The third principle of revival is expect God to move suddenly. Because you can pray and pray. And you can, read, you can read and you can read the word of God. But when there is no expectation, there will be no revival. So expect God to move every moment, suddenly. He can move now. And He moves in the most miraculous ways. But it's always suddenly. You cannot, you cannot need plannen. Je kunt niet zeggen, Heere God, ik geloof dat er straks over een kwartier revival gaat komen. Nee, dat kan niet. We weten niet wanneer het gebeurt. En als het gebeurt, kan je er beter klaar voor zijn. 
So in 1995, so the 90s were a time of revival. There was the Toronto revival. There was a revival in Pensacola, in Florida. There were many revivals in Africa and many revivals in Asia. And in 1995, there was the Pensacola outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Did someone read about the Pensacola outpouring in Brownsville, in Florida? Did someone read about it? No. <laughs> Doesn't matter, because I will tell about it. So there was a pastor and his name was John. It's always the Johns who ignite revival. <laughs> and there was a pastor and his name was John Kilpatrick. And he was preaching. So seven years he preached about foundations of revival without seeing revival. But he preached and he preached and he preached about prayer. He preached about the solid foundation. He preached about expectation. And he preached about the principles of prayer without seeing any revival, any signs of revival. But still he preached about it. And then one day, he was asked to preach in another church about revival. And he, he drove in his Cadillac. I, I suppose it, it must have been a Cadillac because all American people, they drive in Cadillacs. So he sat in his Cadillac and he, and he drove to another church to preach about revival. And he asked a, a very simple guy like me. He asked another preacher to preach in church. And his preaching was not as good as the preaching of John. <laughs> but God used the man and his name was, I wrote it down, Steve Hill. Yeah. So Steve Hill, he didn't, he didn't know nothing about mountains, but he knew about hills because his name was Steve Hill. And Steve Hill preached about the ABC of the gospel like Reinhard Bonke did. And he preached a, an ordinary sermon. He preached like, Never, no one in the church knew Jesus Christ. And he preached a simple sermon about the ABC of the gospel. And during his preaching, there was a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And people came to know Jesus Christ. So John Kilpatrick preached, preached seven years about the principles of revival. And then there was that, that one simple guy, Steve Hill, an evangelist. And he preached about the, the ABC of the gospel. And it was a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And John Kilpatrick, he jumped into his Cadillac. And he drove back to his own church. Wow! And he came to his church and he saw there was a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And from that time on, five years to come. Five years. There was such a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That four million people attended the revival meetings during five years. And 200k souls were saved. 200,000 people we're saved. Mm, that's revival. But without the preaching about the principles, there would, be, would have been no revival. But there was revival. And the secret of John Kilpatrick was, he expected God to move at any time, suddenly. So we better expect him to move today. Expect it. Expect it in the name of Jesus. The fourth principle of revival. So are you still awake? Yes? Okay. The fourth principle is surrender yourself completely to God's will. Do you want to see revival in Amsterdam and in Harbor City in Rotterdam? Are you longing for revival? Then hold on to this fourth principle. Surrender yourself completely to God's will. So my father, he lives in Limburg, a province in Nederland. En al heel jong zei hij tegen mij, Wim, geef jezelf volledig over aan de wil van God. En hij zei, God geeft je als het ware een contract. En je ziet niet wat er in dat contract staat, je weet het niet. En je weet niet wat God gaat doen, maar hij vraagt je wel om de handtekening eronder te zetten. En hij zei, ben je bereid om je handtekening te zetten onder een contract waarvan je niet weet wat de gevolgen ervan zullen zijn in het leven? En ik zei, nadat ik ervoor gebeden had, zei ik, ja, ik ben bereid om dat te doen. En ik put my signature onder de, uh, beneath the contract. En ik zei, Lord, I will do your will. Your will be, will be done in heaven and so in my life. And I surrendered myself to God's will. To God's spirit. To the word of God. En mijn vraag vandaag is, ben je bereid om je volledig aan Jezus te geven?
Niet alleen hier op zondag als je op het podium staat, maar ook door de week. Niet alleen wanneer je hier iets gooit in de offering, maar ook wanneer je het geld verdient door de week. Ja, dat je je volledig overgeeft aan de wil van God. En dat wanneer je in de spiegel kijkt, dat je niet jezelf vervloekt, maar dat je zegt, ik ben mooi gemaakt. Ik ben geweldig, ik ben mooi. Ik heb geen fotobewerkingsprogramma's nodig om mooi te zijn. Halleluja. Geef jezelf over aan Gods wil. And say I'm beautiful before the Lord. He made me so beautiful in his eyes. So Psalm 139. He wrote it about my life. So completely surrender yourself to God's will. Do not hesitate. Do it now. In the name of Jesus. The fifth principle, the fourth principle of revival. So the Lord Jesus said in Luke 22, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours will be done. And an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. So that's what the words of the Lord Jesus, Father, if you are willing, take, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours will be done. So let's say it together, yet not my will, yet not my will, but yours will be done. But yours will be done. Let's say it again, not my will, but yours will be done. And then the scripture says, and an angel of God appeared to him and strengthened him. So you need, maybe you need some strengthening in your life. Well, the angels of God will appear when you give your will to Jesus Christ. And you say, not my will, but your will be, will be done. And angels will appear in your life. And they will whisper in your ear the words of God. Angels will appear when you surrender your will to the Lord. Amen. Okay. The fifth principle of revival. Learn to lead by faith. Learn to lead by faith. So I could have written down learn to live by faith. But when we do the four things I told about, then we live by faith. So the fifth thing is not learn to live by faith because we already do when we do those things. But learn to lead by faith. What do I want to say? Learn to lead by faith means organize your life around faith. Organize your, your life around faith. So never have a conversation with your boss without praying. Never go to your work without praying. Never clean a building without praying. Never go to the toilet without using your prayer on the toilet to pray. So there is no CAO. You know what the CAO is? The, the arbeidsvoorwaarden. There are no arbeidsvoorwaarden that verhinderen that you op the wc bid, toch? So we We cannot pray on our knees, maybe on the work floor. Maybe it's not, not possible. And maybe your boss says, well, don't talk about Jesus. It's okay when he says it, because I go to the toilet and I speak, about Je I speak to Jesus on the toilet, because there is no boss on my toilet. There is only Jesus. And I pray to Jesus. And whenever I want, I go to the toilet to pray to Jesus. And to speak in tongues and to speak to Jesus. We all, we, we all can do it. So you can go to the toilet as many times as you want. And when your boss said, well, you go, you go too often to the toilet, you say, well, mind your own business. I have to go to the toilet. <laughs> Because you will be a better worker for him. He will earn more money when you go to the toilet to pray. <laughs> It's in his own interest that you pray. And when he has a problem, you say, well, I will, I will go not so many times to the toilet when I can pray in public. When I can pray behind my desk. I will not flee to the toilet. I will do it behind my desk. Pray, pray, pray. Learn to lead your life by faith. Live your life by faith. Learn to lead by faith. So also in church. So we have the budgets in church. And you can have a proper budget. There's money coming in and there's money going out. And behind the, the line it's zero. And everyone says, well, that's a good and healthy church. But I think good and healthy church are churches with a faith gap. With unzekerheid. 
you're not sure about the money that will come in. No, no. Learn to lead by faith. Because there are enough givers to fuel your faith. So the, the, the bus behind the building. There are many people who gave for the bus. And now there is a bus. Yes. And because there is a bus, you can go to all the nations with the bus. So there was a faith gap. There, first there was no bus. And then there was faith. And then the pastor showed up at the stage and he said, well, let's give to fuel our faith. And then there was a bus. So let's lead our lives. Let's lead our organizations by faith, not by sight. Why? Because 99% of, the, of, of, this, of this country, they lead their organizations by sight. And you can learn in books how to lead an organization, but you cannot learn in books how to lead your organization by faith. So it is our competitive edge. It's what we can do. We have faith. And our bosses and the entrepreneurs in, the, in this country, they ask you and they say, what is your secret? And you say, I lead by faith. I have faith for more money. I have faith for a better and healthier organization. I have faith for a bigger church. I have faith for a healthy family. I have faith for gezondheid and for, for voorziening and for all die mooie dingen van God. Ik heb geloof in de naam van Jezus. And we are the 1% of this country who have faith. So let work, let it work, let it work. Use your faith. Build a faith gap in your budget. Build a faith gap in your plans. Build a faith, faith gap in your families. Learn to lead by faith and revival will be ignited. The sixth principle of revival. I wrote this, I wrote this down. Let there be one desire. Harvest, harvest, harvest. The sixth principle of revival. Let it be one desire. Harvest. 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 Dripping in abundance. Amen. It, dripping in abundance. I have it in my phone. Yeah. So is it, is it on Spotify already? Why not? Ah. Ah, it will be released internationally. Okay, that's even better. Let it be one desire, harvest, harvest, harvest. Matthew 9 verse 37 says, Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is what? Is plentiful. But the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into your harvest? No, into his harvest. So I always say, when the harvest is plentiful, when the harvest is great, it's, the, it's, it's his problem. It's not my problem when there is harvest. Yeah, it's the problem of our Lord Most High. Because he, he brings in harvest. So he asks me to sow the seed. He asks me to plow the ground. But he is the giver of harvest. So when the harvest is too big, when the harvest is too great, it's the problem of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I say to the Lord, Lord, you gave us too, too much harvest. It's a problem, but it's your problem. So please send out laborers to bring in the harvest. Send out soldiers in your harvest in the name of Jesus. Lord, it's your problem. It was your provision, but it's also your problem. And now I have a problem because there are too, too little, too, there's a shortage of laborers. And it's your problem, Lord. Please solve your own problem. It's a bold prayer, but I think it's a true prayer. It's a good prayer. In the Netherlands staat er dat Jezus zegt, wat moet er toch veel geoogst worden? Zie Jezus tegen zijn discipelen. En wat zijn er toch weinig arbeiders? There are so many laborers. He doesn't say, go to the people and push them to go into the harvest. No, he doesn't say that. Go to the church members and say that they are not. Ze zijn niet gehoorzaam aan het woord van God. Nee, dat zegt Jezus niet. 
Jezus geeft ze niet een standje. Jezus geeft ze niet een duw. Jezus doet niks. Hij zegt alleen ga naar God. Go to God. Go to the Lord. And tell him about the harvest. Tell him about the problem. And ask him therefore to send out workers into his harvest. It's his harvest. It's not my harvest. It's his harvest. It's his provision. So it's his problem. So let him solve the problem of the shortage of workers. And let's be merciful to ourselves. Also in church. Are there not enough workers in this church? Well, let's bend our knees to the Lord. Because it's the problem of the Lord. And he will solve his problem. Do we need provision? Well, when we walk in the, in the, in the way of Jesus taught us, he has to give us provision. It's his problem, it's not my problem. In the Nederlands zeg ik altijd, het was zijn idee, dus het is ook zijn portemonnee. He gave me an idea, so he has to give me the provision. Because it's the problem of the Lord, it's not my problem. Het is zijn idee, dus het is ook zijn portemonnee. So that's why I spend money that I don't have. And when I have money, I give it to the Lord. Or I give it to a church. Or I give it to ACC. And we give the money. We give the money away. Because my money, I can give my money. But I cannot give the Lord the Lord's money. So what I have, I give. So that the Lord can give it to me. And when I have it, I give it again. That's what we do. That's the lesson of provision. So another text when it comes to the sixth principle and then there will be a seventh principle and then we will praise the Lord again. And let's read about, let's read in 2 Corinthians 9 verse 10. There the Lord says, He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply. Let's say and multiply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest let's say increase the harvest increase the harvest of your righteousness you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way which through us will produce thanksgiving to God so you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way Lord I pray for this church that this church will be enriched in every way to provide in every way. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way. Wow, what a text. What a, what a Bible verse. What a promise of God. In een Nederlands staat er, ja, hij geeft je zoveel dat je altijd weer kunt weggeven. Woo. He gives you so much that you can give away what you have. Exodus 23. Three times in the year you shall keep a feast of harvest. Three feasts of harvest. The first feast. You shall keep the feast of unleavened bread. Ongezuurde broden. It was a time for the preparation for the harvest. The first feast. The second feast. As a party for our Lord Jesus Christ. You shall keep the feast of the first fruits of the harvest. The second feast. Of the first fruits of your labor the first fruits of what you sow, sow in the field, the second feast. And then the third feast, you shall keep the feast of the ingathering of the harvest at the end of the year. So harvest means three times party. The first party is, the first feast is that we prepare for harvest. And we say, yes, Lord, there is no harvest. Woo, there is no harvest, but we prepare for the harvest. And we organize a party because there isn't harvest yet, but we prepare for the harvest and it's a time to party. No harvest, but we celebrate a party. The second time to organize a feast, a party, is the time of the first fruits. Lord, we have faith for 100,000 people to be saved. But when the first one is saved, we organized already a party. We organized already a party. That's what I want to say. We have faith for many more, but we have the feast of the first fruits. So we party, we party, we party when there is one soul saved. And then there is the third feast, and it's the party of the ingathering. It's the feast of Pentecost. 
and we party, we, we organize a party because 100,000 people are saved. But we are not thankful at a uh, bij het derde feest. We zijn niet dankbaar bij het derde feest. Als we niet hebben geleerd om dankbaar te zijn bij het feest van de, van de first fruits. En bij het feest van de voorbereiding. And all the three stages of harvest are worthy to throw a party. All the three stages. Oké, okay, the last and seven principles. So why? So maybe the band can come on stage. The seventh principle of, harvest, of, of the revival is God will visit his people. The seventh principle. Isaiah 64 verse 1 says, Oh, that the Lord would rip open the heavens, that the heavens would open scheuren, that the mountains would tremble at your presence. So wanneer wij geloof hebben, zullen bergen wijken voor ons aangezicht. Maar als de presence of the Lord neerdaalt, dan zullen bergen smelten voor zijn aangezicht. So then we do not need faith anymore, because God's presence is there. And mountains will tremble in your presence. De bergen zullen wijken voor Gods aangezicht, wanneer Hij de hemel openscheurt. Habakkuk 2 vers 14 says, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of what? Of the glory of the Lord. As these waters cover the sea. Psalm 50 verse 23 says, He who offers praise honors me. And he prepares the way that I may show him the salvation of God. When the church bows its knees, the world will bend before the Lord. So toen wij de Saved Crusade deden, een van de dingen die ik vaak deed was dat ik vroeg, weet je nog, om op de knieën te gaan. So I asked all the people to bow down before Jesus and to go on our knees. And a lot of the people here said, well, pastor, my knees hurt. <laughs> I'm not accustomed to pray on my knees. I pray out loud. But I said, no, we go on our knees. Why? Because Paul went on his knees. Why? Because Jeremiah went on his knees. Nehemiah went on his knees. Ezekiel went on his knees. David went on his knees. Jesus, what did he do? He went on his? On his feet. Yes. So I thought, why not pray out in the open for revival? Because maybe I can preach a little bit. But all of you, we can pray. Not a little bit. But we can pray. So and I think so what I did was lay a simple foundation for revival. Seventh principle of revival. But I think when we start to pray for revival, all what I said is in the shadow of what, what happens when we pray. So maybe some of us will have hurting knees in a few minutes. But let's go on our feet. And let's pray the Lord for revival. So we have place here in front.